Gongsi Fa Chai, and welcome to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal, and I'm a Buddhist. Namaste, Jacob. I am a Christian. Uh, very, very good. Um, and uh, yes. As That's you- all of the Indonesian that I remember from primary school, and therefore basically most of the Asian language that I know. I, I, was I can count to why, like four I, in Japanese. I, I was wondering why you went there. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, I, is there an Indonesian thing? Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll roll with it. But um, but yes, as as you may uh, have picked up, dear listener, um, this episode is uh, in celebration of Chinese New Year. Happy New Year, Jamal. Happy New Year. Gongsi. I didn't pick that up at all, and I knew that the episode was in anyway. <laughs> yes. Enough well, about my cultural incompetence. Well, Gongsi Fachai, as we say, um, which uh, roughly translates to may you be well and prosperous. Um, so, you know, welcome to the welcome to the new year, uh, Jacob. It's wonderful to be in the new year. Yes. Do you, do you know what year it is? Do you know Do you know what animal 2024. it is? 2024. Yes, but do you know um, Do you know what the lunar animal is? How many is? guesses do I get? Uh, less than 12. Okay, excellent. Ox. No. Ra- no, rabbit's been recently. Uh, snake. No. No, it wouldn't be snake. Dragon. Yes. Yes. It's the year of the dragon. Oh, that's, that's the best year. Do, I love that year. Do you know what year you that's are? That's a great year. Oh, I should know. Oh. What, what year were you born? 89. 1989. I'm going to look this up right now. And then do you, do you have a is sense it the, of... Is it the year of the tigger? No. This was also things I learned in primary school. I, I've, just, I've, I've clearly just looked this up and this is actually quite now. topical, uh, for, or at least for you and your life. Oh, okay. Yes, it's the year of the snake. Oh, excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. great. <laughs> there you go. But yes, um, today we have uh, a bit of an article, but also just a broad discussion on uh, Chinese New Year or a Lunar New Year as it is celebrated throughout Asia. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a bit about some of the religious bases. Um, it's, you know, Chinese New Year, I'm, I'm going to refer to it as Chinese New Year mostly because I'm culturally Chinese, so that's how I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Lunar New Year, like, we know it largely as Chinese New Year, right? Like, it's also... Well, I, unless you're it Vietnamese or Thai or... Korean. Korean yep. or, yep. You know, yeah, any number of other Asian nations that celebrate it. <laughs> this calendar. is what I was getting to, is yeah. that, that multiple people have it. So, yes, uh, lots of places celebrate uh, the Lunar New Year, but, yes, um, um, I will call it Chinese New Year because my family is Chinese and that's how, how I know it. Um, so let, let's start with a little bit of, of background. Um, this is one of those this is one of those phenomenons, the cultural phenomenons that I really think crosses over between the uh, the spiritual and the cultural. So you know it is mostly a cultural thing, but there are deep, deep roots in um, Chinese spirituality, in Chinese ancestor worship. In Taoism, uh, Confucianism, and all of that, but like so, so Jacob, which is because for coming from a Western New Year context, there's really none of that. Like all right. of the religious connection is around Christmas and mm. whatever. But I, I don't think I, I would love to know if listeners have a different experience. But my experience of New Year, kind of December thirty-one into January one, is just. It's a new year and there's resolutions and there's whatever, it's, but nothing inherently cultural, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Do, actually, do you know where the new year in the Gregorian calendar came from? No, you sound like you do. I don't. No, oh, okay. I, was, I was asking hopeful <laughs> that you did. There um, goes that fun tangent. Well, listeners, write in and let us know. Um, so, Jacob, what do you know about the Chinese New Year? 
I I know a few things. I know obviously that if you're in Melbourne, you'll see dragons going through the streets. I've seen that happen to be in Melbourne for Chinese New Year once. That was pretty fun. Um, there's a culture around giving, uh, and I think particularly money. Correct. Yes. But I don't remember quite who you give. I'm pretty. Do you give money to kids? It's not. Oh, it is. It is just yes. kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. the um. So yeah. The the tradition is that you give angpao, which is a red packet with money inside of it, mm-hmm. uh, and you give that to. Uh, adults give it to children or married people give it to unmarried people is kind of the, the split. Although um, it's having, kind of like the people with um, cultural seniority for want mm. of a better term are, are giving it to the ones with less. Absolutely. Although um, there is a broader tradition as well with it where, you know, if you say go to a friend's house during Chinese new year, you can give them a red packet as a kind of a thanks for being your friend and for inviting you around. Is that a kind of newer aspect to it I'm or has sure that always been there it, it's not i'm not sure it's newer but it's certainly just not the central one it's, okay. it's not you know no one's going to be offended if you don't um yep. and actually one thing i did recently in uh, last chinese new year um i um so i'm not married but i decided to essentially culturally mark my what I perceive to be, you know, becoming an adult or at least, you know. I think of you as an adult. I, I appreciate yeah. that, yeah. yes. Um, well, and I hadn't been back to Malaysia where my family's from for quite a while and so I decided to culturally mark, okay, I'm back for the first time since I feel like I've really got my life together and I am you know have a proper job and I'm an adult and, you know, I have a place that I live and that kind of stuff. And um, so I decided to to essentially take on the giving role for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, and there was an interesting little nuance there where, you know, I – didn't give to the unmarried or the, the children of my my cousin and like my generation. I gave to the younger generation, mm-hmm. and I actually did give upwards as well. I gave to my father's generation. Okay, I was because I was going to ask whether the like can you be a giver and a receiver? Um, or, you, you can, yeah, yeah. And, and I was. Um, and you know, the, the, the giving upwards is rare, but that that was, I think, a bit of just a kind of uh, a respect thing and a yep. kind of you know, well, yep. you know, I, I want to kind of mark and note this occasion in a particular way. So, yeah, do it that way. Yeah. Can I ask about religious significance? And I'm Mm. sure we'll get into it in more detail. I mean, A, whether the giving of money, the envelopes have any spiritual significance, but particularly the, like, running around the streets with a dragon and setting off fireworks and stuff, which is all awesome. Is that signifying anything? Is that playing a particular religious role within the traditions? Um, Well, absolutely. And, and, And again, I think... Because the dragons every year, right? Not just the year yes, of the dragons. The, drag- yeah. the dragons every year, um, and the lions, and there's mm-hmm. no, there's actually yep. no zodiac sign of the lion, so you know. Um, but the yes, the, the I guess the thing to think about when you when you engage with Chinese New Year is that everything is both religious and not religious. Okay, you so know? a little bit like um, Hindu spirituality that we've talked about. Before right. As well. yes. that, that mix of the culture and the religion is just kind of all in. It's, it's all the and, same thing. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe to use an example that you know that might be more, more closer to home for you. Um, you know, technically, if you think about it, every every cultural British thing is religious for the Church of England, right? Like it, <laughs> yep. just because the head of the nation of Britain is also the head of church, right? So, in in the Chinese New Year traditions. Um, everything has a kind of cultural uh, has a cultural element to it, but they are all imbued with a kind of worldview that is deeply connected with the religion. Now, the thing is with the Chinese religion is 
it's not kind of laid out in the same way as a as other religions are. There's no kind of not text systemic. or book. Yeah, well, it's like, systematic. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, you know, there's um. There's, you know, broadly speaking, the religion is there's a pantheon of gods. It's a polytheistic mm-hmm. pantheon of lots of different gods. Um, probably most akin to, say, the Hindu pantheon or the Greek ancient Greek pantheon. You can kind of think of the gods as, like, engaging with the world and doing things with the world a little bit. The um, article here references the kitchen god. Yes. Which um, reminds me of Pratchett has a god of lost utensils, I think, right. as yeah, well. Something yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but then also what you add onto that is a layer of ancestor worship. So, mm-hmm. you know, your elders and your ancestors and particularly your ancestors in your family are worshipped as, um, as not as deities in themselves, but as kind of spiritual. It's like they're acknowledged to be dead and they're acknowledged to be potentially in a heaven realm or a hell realm or something else. Yep. Uh, but they are also, though, still given spiritual not powers but recognition mm-hmm. so um is there a thought that they they have power in some way shape or form or is it really just a remembrance thing um there, there's, there's certainly a thought that their souls are uh, existent yep. a, as their personalities were in life so you know um i've done rituals in my family's house where you know you're sitting there and and you know tossing uh these these little um wooden things in the air uh and it's kind of conceived that the the ghost of my grandfather was was there and we were calling him and he was mm-hmm. engaging kind of with us spiritually whilst that was going on mm-hmm. um so yeah so the, the it's it's not so much power as it is um i guess presence and connection yeah almost it sounds like yeah yeah and and one thing that i think would be super interesting um for you to show you at some point um jacob is that in most Chinese temples and even most Chinese houses, you have an altar that is very, very clearly a religious altar and it's got some of the main gods on it, mm-hmm. but it also has a list of ancestors. Yep. And it also has yep. the names of your ancestors and and you pray to your ancestors um, as as an act of prayer, as, as, as a spiritual thing, you know, and yeah, and it very much you're praying to them knowing they're not gods and knowing that they're, but also with the gods there, it's, it's very, very polytheistic. So it's the most polytheistic thing in the world. <laughs> um, but to go to your point around the, the what what do different things do in Chinese New Year? Yes, every everything involved in Chinese New Year has a, has a spiritual cultural marker. So, uh, firecrackers are traditionally uh, burned to ward off monsters. So, you know, mm-hmm. you go bang, 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 bang with lots of the firecrackers. Um, you know, th- there's a story of a monster called Nyan who's believed to have been causing great harm. And in response, the villagers have started off explosions to, to scare them off and the practice caught on. So it's, you know, you ward off evil spirits. Yep, because they don't like the explosions. Obviously. Right, because they're, yeah, they're scared yeah. of the explosions. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the giving the giving of the money is, you know, is is... You know, you you put your luck and your good fortune into a into a packet and you give it, and you know that that's kind of you know it's one of the things with the money is well, it has to be brand new. Well, yeah. this I was going to ask that because, like, money certainly in the form that we have it of, of banknotes and currencies and stuff is a fairly recent concept. Like, has it always been money? Would you have put, like, gold coins in there at one stage? Or? I mean, the Chinese if, if invented yeah. money. So, well, yeah. Okay. yeah how, I, how long ago? 
Oh, I, I don't know my history yeah. that well. Well, I mean, yeah. like we've we've had we've had currency for thousands yes. of years. I think I was just picturing you know notes and that kind of thing. Well, so the Chinese certainly yeah. invented paper money, yep. uh, and I think they might have invented coinage as well. But don't quite they invented that one. a lot of things yeah. a lot earlier than we might otherwise think. Yeah. Yes, but yes. Yeah, so I mean, that's been a very long-standing practice, and yep. um, and that's it's, just, it's interesting that like kind of your luck. You, your your money embodies your luck in a sense. It's a, yeah, yeah and, and a lot of it is around luck. You know, a yep. lot of it is yeah. A lo- the the Chinese is fortune maybe a better word than luck or like we use the word luck. Okay. so I maybe want to stick with it. But yeah, yeah the it's funny the because luck to me seems kind of almost arbitrary, whereas you can have a person who just is fortunate and, and has good fortune generally. I, w- I would have thought this is just well, me trying to get my head around the how, how you pass on your luck. Yeah, well, and, yeah. I th- and I think this is, I guess, there's a real recognition in Chinese culture where, you know, again, there's it's it's instilled with lots of different things that is picked up along the way. So there are lots of Buddhist ideas in it too. So in Chinese culture, you would refer to your karma, mm-hmm. but when they say karma, they mean something totally <laughs> different, right? So yeah, I would say that when 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 Chinese community talk about, oh, you've got good karma or something, that's actually about fortune. Yep. But there is a real raw luck element to it that is really, really understood as well. So a lot of it is understood that the world is just random. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it kind is of just arbitrariness of chance. roll of the dice yep. kind of luck. And so, you know, there definitely is a, a thing in which it is quite common uh, to try and do things to essentially increase your luck or mm-hmm. increase the odds to be in your favor when you're rolling the dice, so to speak, although quite or quite literally, because gambling is a huge part of. Well, Chinese yeah, I was thinking that that actually makes a lot of sense, right? If you've got a culture that acknowledges luck heavily, well, of course you'll gamble, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it is a really like luck is seen as something that is real and tangible, and you know, and can be can be influenced and that kind of thing. And I think the other layer to it um, is that it's a culture that really really prioritizes uh wealth yep. you know so um prosperity is one of the biggest things you know the phrase i said at the start gong si fa chai is um is essentially translated to you know yeah may you be prosperous mm-hmm. you know may you may you get lots of money it's yeah. kind of it, 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 that that's what the translation is it's a very very um uh wealth centric kind of culture and so the giving of money is like, a, well, I'm giving this to you so that more can come, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm giving you money so to attract more money to you. Because that that's how money works. And like as we know in capitalist culture, actually. Right, like it's, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, some of the other practices, you know, there's the practice you have to clean your house. Um, so you, you know, you completely clean your house. Um, I think it's on the end of the first day or just before Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that you want to start with a clean house and fresh... A, brand new bought clothes and that kind of thing uh, as a way of, you know, um, again, starting off new and fresh and, and with good luck and that kind of thing. Um, Is there a, a spiritual dimension to that as well in terms of like, I, I know some cultures, I don't know about Chinese culture, but have this idea that if your if your house is clean, then there can't be a malign spirit kind of because it's got nowhere to hide. Right, absolutely. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the good spirits like the clean house and the bad yep. spirits like the dirty house yep. so the more house you're clean you'll bring in the good spirits right yeah absolutely and, and things are well ordered yeah and that's nice yeah yeah and, and and i think you know from a really um from a really kind of purist perspective right I, I think one thing i i think happens a lot in chinese culture and in religion 
is, you know, I think it's, if anything, it's a religious explanation for, it's a religious explanation for the world, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a real cultural element of trying to explain the things that are unexplainable in the world through religious means. So, mm-hmm. you know, that concept of a clean house brings in good spirits and a dirty house brings in bad spirits is probably realistically an observation to say, well, if your house is clean and in order, you're less likely to get sick and you're more likely to, you know, um, you know, be able to find the things you need to find and that kind yeah. of stuff. And But it, it, it just frames that in a spiritual sense. And it uses, it's almost like the inverse of a lot of uh, religions that we talk about on this podcast because it's using religion as a framework to understand the world rather than using the world as a framework for religion. Yeah, okay. Because I I was wondering the extent to which the kind of – has the modern world messed with these traditions much at all? Because what happened in Europe with where there were religious efforts to understand things, which is kind of usually more derogatively referred to now as like folk religions and that kind of thing, that all kind of dies out with the Enlightenment and and you realise the the scientific reason in inverted commas that, you know, as you're saying, a clean house means you're less likely to get diseases and is seen as having nothing to do with spirits, malign or otherwise. Has that impacted at all in Chinese culture as far as you're aware? Um, Well, I mean, I I think the biggest way the the modern world has impacted this is um, through the introduction of communism to China and the real non-religious of communism, right? And and, and I think and, that has exactly what yeah. you said, right? I think that, that has brought that attitude that, you know, oh, well, this is just folksy religion. We're going to leave that behind. Right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, technically since 1912, China has not had an official Chinese New Year. Right. Like So in 1912, modern China essentially ended it and adopted the Gregorian calendar. Now, they now call it the Spring Festival, and it's still the largest mass migration of people on the face of the planet. It looks like New Year, sounds like New Year, smells like New Year, but it's a Spring Festival. It's a Spring Festival now, right, yeah. But, but, so, you know, technically it's not doing the same religious things because China is communist and, um, you know, they can't have any religion. Um, But it does, I think, still... Yeah, it does the same thing, but I, I think so it shifts it a bit. You've, you've raised the CCP, which was, and apologies if I've missed it here in the article somewhere, but was the emperor kind of involved in this at all? Like, is, is there an aspect of emperor worship that was Well, yes, because yeah. the emperor was a god. Yeah, right. Like this so, is what I strongly suspected. Yeah, yeah so, so pre-communist China, um, Chinese emperors were considered deities or were considered, you know, uh, at, at the very least, uh, you know, pope-like in their you know communion with the gods, and you know the the yep. the, the divine, you know, the what are they? It's not so in the west they called it divine right of kings, but in the east they called it um, uh, divine providence or something. There was there's some yes. word they used, right? Yeah. It was essentially to say that emperors are chosen by the gods, yes, and that to rule China was to be chosen by the gods and so therefore you should be worshipped as and, such. And they do seem to have been more deified in China and I think in Japan as well mm. compared to, say, France or mm. Germany or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, Germany didn't have kings for it. Scandinavia. No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, a huge amount of, um, of involvement from the emperors and from the traditional Chinese rulers and all that. And you know, even this article here talks about how, you know, even these days um, the CCP runs a um, 
runs a variety show, a New Year's gala, <laughs> um, uh, you know, and um, again, that probably, you know, I'm sure that in traditional times the Chinese emperor would have put on massive parades and done big things and that kind of yeah, and that kind of thing. I'm, I am certain Xi Jinping has a fairly big role in that in that New Year's gala that goes on. And again, it looks a lot like the previous um, emperors doing their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of anointed by God. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, the other layer, I guess, have you ever been to a Chinese Buddhist temple? I No, I've only been to Cambodian Buddhist okay, temples. It's quite I different, think. yeah. yeah. Um, the Chinese Buddhist temples are... Um, it is tradition to go to the temple. Um, you know, in the same way that people go to church just on Christmas or, yep. or Easter. Yeah, yep. you, you go to the temple just on Chinese New Year. Um, and at the temple, you can do all sorts of lo- you know, lovely spiritual things, like um, the banging of, of gongs to ward Excellent. off evil spirits. Yep. Um, games of chance to test kind of you know, fortune telling is a really big thing in Chinese culture because yep. of that whole luck. Thing. Because if the universe is kind of governed by random chance and you can look into it in advance, then you you increase your odds of making good decisions, right? Right, and and, and maybe maybe it's better to say that the chance is inherently random, but it's unknown to you. Yes, that, you know. Yes, yeah, so revealing the, the gods it, is, know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a lot of games of chance where you you know you know again you you, you flip over the. Um, the, the the wooden moon shells. You uh, shake the shaky sticks and, and get a number, and that tells you your fortune. And um, you do all those kinds of things. And is there? Um, and this is just happily asking questions out of ignorance. Like, is there something about the temple that I, I guess, from the fortune telling perspective, it's a, a place where you might get more revelation. But in terms of games of chance, like, is it? Does it increase your luck? To be um, like, is the yes, temple kind of a lucky yes. place? So, so the the idea is that being pious um, does increase your luck, and the idea is that yeah, you know, because again, because it's not really pure chance; it's actually governed by the gods. If you are pious and worshiping the gods, then the gods will look down on you and be, oh, yeah, this person's pretty good. They they, yep. they, they burnt me some incense. I, I really liked that offering, um, and so therefore, then I'm gonna you know stack some odds in their favor i'm gonna you know you know i'm gonna put my finger on the scale a little bit here for this yep. person right so yep. yeah absolutely um going to the temple and being religious and doing those those acts of piety are very very associated with the increase in luck and, and actually what you'll often find at temple is that the people who run the temple um they will be you know um, selling for a certain price um you know the the lucky lottery numbers that kind of stuff <laughs> but, you know yeah Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, so actually, so speaking of that fortune telling bit, have you ever gone and read the your your horoscope for the year? Because that's another big element here. Not for the year. I had a colleague who once put a, a lot of this was years ago. Put a lot of trust in the kind of daily horoscope in the newspaper. Yeah. And I'm just actually, given that you're a person of Chinese background who observes Chinese New Year is a horoscope that comes with you know an official Chinese New Year horoscope likely to be more reliable than what I would find printed in the Adelaide Advertiser so, for instance so I'm going to say yes and I'm going to say yes for a couple of reasons yeah one is that I think the I think the thinking and the uh, let's call it the astrological um, calculations and spirituality behind Chinese horoscopes I feel is more genuinely engaged with than the Adelaide Advertiser. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not sure the writers of the Adelaide, Adelaide Advertiser are actual, uh, you know, Wiccan 
uh, astrologers who are looking through ancient texts and Mr. trying Murdoch, to... Mr. Murdoch, if you're listening, I do think you are a Wiccan astrologer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I did try and actually do that right. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so I, I think I've told you before in the past my experiences with a Hindu astrologer, right, where I feel like yeah, I saw a Hindu astrologer one point um, and I thought it was 30% guesswork, 30% genuine spiritual engagement from them and 30%, you know, good you know, good reading of a person who walks into your room. Yep. Um, yep. And so, you know, I think... Um, I think, yeah, the Chinese horoscopes, I think the people who write them and the people who genuinely engage with them, um, they believe it and they feel like the world is governed by these things. And I think that, again, as, as the pluralist that I am, I think that that, that gives it a level of, of, of genuine realness. Um, but the other side of it is I think it's a much more it's a much more logical system for horoscopes than the Western one. I think what month you were born in, I think gives significantly less amount of ability to provide insight into your personality than what year you were born in. But I mean, that's the, the, the rationalist in me kind of jumps back with that, with that, that that's because you can see the big socio-cultural trends that are happening, right? Like it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that, I think that legitimately makes it, a a more useful horoscope because if, if you're gonna pick one, picking one based on the social the sociocultural trends of people who were born in you know 1989 yeah. and what they might have experienced is a much better way of doing it than people <laughs> who were randomly all born in February. So hit, hit me. What what are the chances of a snake in the year of the dragon? Well, okay. So here I have the snake horoscope 2024 and feng shui guide for maximum luck. Oh, excellent. Uh, this Good. is from the Chinese zodiac.org. Um, Chinese zodiac.org is the Chinese horoscope website that I do trust. Uh, this is uh, Christian and Buddhist bar endorsed. Um, <laughs> don't, don't go to Buy other zodiac websites. Go to Chinese zodiac.org. Um, not sponsor of this podcast. Um, so, and we'll go through here. Actual <laughs> results may vary. Actually, but yeah, let, let, let's let, let's see. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the twenty twenty four is the year of the wood dragon, and the snake will enjoy a sensational time and experience good fortune. It's going to be a good year oh, for you, Jacob. Good, yeah. good. Um, you're a snake in the Chinese zodiac. Um, so the snakes are admired for their captivating charm, keen intuition, and wisdom that shines like a fire in the night. I have been described like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in twenty twenty four, the heavenly chief star, also known as the eating god. Uh, brings you many joyful occasions to celebrate with your loved loved ones, and you will enjoy plenty of tasty food and drinks. However, you may also overindulge yourself and neglect your health, so be careful with your diet. It's almost like they know me. Right. Now, some predictions here. Uh, the year of the tiger did not fulfill your expectations, but the arrival... That was 2023. 2023, the, okay, the yep. recent one. Yep. Didn't quite fulfill your expectations, but it's re- renewed enthusiasm in the year of the dragon. Um, the year of the dragon is a faithful friend and protector... Uh, and it'll bring you peace, harmony, and many plans and opportunities for realization. Um, you will achieve greater emotional stability, good relationships with those around you, especially with people who come from abroad. And it'll be a year for achievements, travel, accumulation of wisdom and experience. And it'll bring you new friends and disciples who will support uh, who support you and you can support them in their social projects. Um, moreover, uh, for some natives of the snake, it'll bring you children and you'll experience an unusual happiness this year. Therefore, the representatives of this sign must reformulate some of their thoughts in order to establish healthier bonds in social and family relationships. You'll be able to improve on your business, but only if you have a vision and emotional intelligence. 
feel like that last is probably true in general, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's going to be a good year. I'm yeah, looking forward to it. It's a good yeah, year, yeah. very good year for you. And now this website does go into a whole bunch of different things around your money and career and relationships and all sorts of stuff. But one thing I will say is... Can I is, give to ChineseZodiac.org? Is that going to increase my Well, no, <laughs> but however, I, I do have two feng shui items that will bring you luck and some things that will bring you luck. Oh, excellent. Yes, hit me up. So you can amplify your good fortune even more by incorporating auspicious feng shui items. So here are two powerful choices. The Fearless Protection Onyx Dragon Bracelet mm-hmm. uh, and the Chinese Dragon Statue. So um, so generally in Chinese culture, these uh, your your zodiac is you know gives you a temperament. And the idea behind all things in the Chinese uh, conception of the world is balance, yin and yang. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, the your you have certain temperament based on your horoscope, and the year has a certain temperament based on the horoscope. Mm-hmm. And so the idea and so is my temperament and the years need to be balanced, right? And yep. if it isn't balanced, then these kinds of things that you can get and give you will actually provide some of that balance. And it's mm-hmm. actually why in, tra- in traditional Chinese horoscopes, if it's a year that is your sign, it's going to be a terrible year. Because you're way unbalanced. Because the oh, year I see. You, like the scales are just completely right. Yeah. So yeah. So your year is actually a really bad year traditionally. Yeah. Um, which again, I think is a little bit of sneakiness there, in the sense that there are twelve horoscopes, and so you know, broadly speaking, when someone's twelve, they start going through puberty. When they're twenty-four, they <laughs> have some of that mid-youth crisis. When they're thirty-six, you know, you, yeah, they, they, some, they buy a red sports car. Yeah, and, some key yeah, life yeah. life moments that can happen there. But yeah. Um, so, but broadly speaking, your year is bad year. Um, so it sounds like though that the dragon uh, energy is quite good for the snake in the Chinese New Year. So, you know, they're, they're saying, well, get a dragon bracelet or a dragon statue and lean into that dragon energy. They kind more. of like complement each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other things that will bring you luck. Uh, your lucky numbers are two and eight and numbers that contain two and eight, like 28 and 82. Okay, yep. 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 Uh, the lucky days are the first and the 23rd of each lunar month. Uh, your lucky colors. No, too much maths to work out yeah. what my lucky days are. Yeah. Your lucky colors are black, red, and yellow. Uh, your lucky flowers are orchids, cactus flowers, and marigolds. Uh, your lucky direction is northeast and southwest. And the lucky months are the fourth and ninth month of the lunar calendar for you. Is it bad that I traveled southwest to be at this podcast today? Oh, no, that's good. That's a favorable direction. The southwest. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. okay then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. No, I went southeast. I knew there was something wrong. Oh, yeah. oh no. So, oh, so southeast. No, you, you're, you're, you're done. You're done. We're you're done. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, yep. it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that's that, that's your that's your feng shui guide for for the Chinese New Year. Do you have um, do you have thoughts? Are you feeling feeling good? I, I like I I enjoyed the hearing that it's going to be a good year. Um, and that my, what was it my. It wasn't my plans will come to fulfillment, but I'll, I'll meet new people. I have new disciples. Yes, new disciples. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it, it sounds like a good year. I'm actually thinking and reflecting on that. Um, I suspect that the um, the spiritual relativist in you will quite enjoy some of some of what's percolating around my brain at the moment, because a lot of this in Western Europe kind of disappears, or at least you know goes under the surface with Christianity, like um, Christianity kind of demythologizes the world in a lot of ways because it says, well, natural stuff is just natural stuff. God has put the stars there. The stars don't have any inherent power, you know, vis-a-vis fortune-telling and um, horoscopes and that kind of thing. Uh, But one of the things that Augustine, who holds that none of this fortune-telling stuff has any power in itself, 
Um, but he reckons it, it it does have power if you think it has power. Mm. Um, so yeah, just a interesting interesting reflection mm. on that. Um, yeah, I, and like, I mean, do you buy and, do you buy that? Augustine's line, mm. um, essentially, because I've, as far as I can make out, what what he's saying is that if you let your zodiac prediction, for instance, have power over its life, over your life, like it will. Mm. Like if it if it tells you you're going to have a miserable year, and then you're all keyed up to have a miserable year, and guess what? You have a miserable year, um, and and likewise, if you're warned against or for making particular decisions and that kind of thing and act in that way like those kind of have consequences right mm. like if there's a if you're supposed to be aware of something you might be more alert to that um, he also suspects that demons can come and give things power that don't inherently have power mm. so that's what that's what he reckons as well so that you believe it more and you get kind of dragged away from the true path that's that's augustine's take i i think i see that and i think like so as someone who is culturally but not religiously chinese which again i think it's interesting that i engage kind of with part of that not all of that yeah i and this was my other kind of meta question is as a buddhist how do you how do you engage with this go on yeah well yeah and i, I think i so i think i do engage with it and I think, but I think I engage with it with a real kind of acknowledgement of the role it plays in my life. So, you know, I mean, whilst I am culturally Chinese, I'm mostly, I've been raised Western. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't feel like the Chinese side of my culture is the dominant side of my culture, but it, it still matters to me and it's still kind sure. of part of who I am. And I think I, I genuinely like and have a lot of fun with engaging. I, I read through my horoscope every year and I go, oh, cool, what's this going to be? And, you know, last year I was in Malaysia and it told me to go to get a um, uh, a Buddha riding a dragon turtle statue. And I went to the little Chinese fe- uh, store and I found a Buddha riding yeah, yeah. a dragon turtle statue. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go buy one of those. And it's actually in my kitchen now. I love it. It's, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, you know, and like, so it's one of those things where like I, I engage with it you know, not kind of wholeheartedly going, oh, this is really true and this is all feng shui and whatever else. But I, yeah, I I think I find I find these cultural things uh, and even Western horoscopes and whatever else often can be useful heuristics to help you kind of think through things that are happening in the world. And again, I think... It, kind of like a processing... Right, but, but I, th- I think it does what it does, what it says on the tin, which is it helps you understand the world in a different way, in a different way and in a way that's maybe a bit easier. You know, like... I mean, I I don't know if you've ever done tarot cards. Um, no, not at all. Right. Sorry. So I, I I'm I'm not someone who does a lot of tarot cards, but I have friends that do, and I've I've gotten tarot readings before, and not because I'm like really into and deeply believe in tarot cards, but because I go, no, this is actually really useful to help. If I'm at a point in my life where I'm struggling with a problem or trying to work out, oh, I don't know what to do here having a deck of cards which can kind of give you a direction and you can respond to and even if the response is wow that's completely off that's <laughs> but, but useful, then you've got the right, sense exactly. of that was completely off and you understand something more deeply than it, you did before absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah and it's it's really useful and you know when i do do tarot readings i properly genuinely engage and you know do the little spiritual practices that go along with them because i have respect for what that what that thing is doing in the mm-hmm. world and I think the same is true of the Chinese stuff. Yeah, and if anything, just deeper for me because I'm I, I have that cultural connection to yeah. it as well. Um, where you know, yeah, I, I don't believe that you know, if a if ChineseZodiac.org tells me that it's gonna that number seven is my is my unlucky number that year, that suddenly number seven is gonna ruin my life. Um, but I do believe that you know, thinking about you know 
well, here are some things to think about and keep aware well, of this year, and here are some opportunities to look out for, and you know. And see, that was definitely the bit that like resonated more with me. And I'm going to go away after this mm. and like read through that again, because like because that to me that made more sense than my lucky numbers are two and eight. Yeah. Although two and eight clearly is easier to remember, yeah. um, and that I should buy a little dragon statue. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's a that's a nice thing to do, but I'm. I'm not convinced that it's going to actually achieve anything other than yeah. having a nice little dragon statue. But I, I mean, I would, I would say the same thing. And, and we've talked about this before about symbolism and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I wear a necklace with a cross on it, and I, like I don't think that that's doing anything inherently. Like I don't think God's using it to provide me with protection or yeah. anything like that. It's just a a good mimetic device that sort of points me the way I'm wanting to be pointing, and so I can see why. If you if you do buy fully into the spirituality around this, that as a person born in the year of the snake, the year of the dragon is your friend, and lean into it. Like I can see how that could I, function I, in a similar way. And yeah. I think Augustine's interpretation is absolutely spot on with with that, right? Because I think you know the reason why I feel like a Buddha riding a snapping turtle dragon um, statue. Has it is a, just cool. It's yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, have, you se- have you seen it? Have I you don't se- think oh, I've I'll, seen I'll it. Yeah. Next time. It's on my coffee machine. Um, but like, you know, the, the reason why I think that genuinely has brought me good luck this year is because part of me, just a little bit of me, believes a little bit. It's, the, it's like the magic of Christmas kind of thing, right? Like part of me believes and part of me recognises, you know, that that's that little, you know, and every time I see it, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of that belief. It remi- it makes me feel slightly happy and positive. And I think that emotion then drives me to act in certain different ways or do certain different things. And I can things completely and- see how that gives you like a confidence or right. a, this kind of like, like, yeah, and, and I can I can get how if you were a military strategist, for instance, if the auguries are good, you're gonna go out and go like, yes, we're attacking properly and doing all of that stuff. Whereas if they're bad, you're gonna go oh, and and like, it it can have the effect that it it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it does remind me of this time a Christian and a Buddhist walked into a bar. Um, and you know, it was Chinese what New do, Year. Yeah, what do they drink at Chinese New Year? Is there a is lots there a specific, and lots of alcohol? Okay, just, just lots and lots of alcohol. Just get yep. plastered. Get yep. get plastered and gamble is what okay. you do on Chinese right. New Year. Um So not that different to Western <laughs> No, except you play Mahjong and Blackjack and you know, whatever else. But yes. Um so but they, they did walk in to um to to a to a well and it was it was just celebrating Chinese New Year and there was all the, the, the red the red stuff everywhere and the lights and the firecrackers were going off and they were, you know, there was a, you know, a, a lion dancers going on yeah, or whatever nice. else. And, and Nasruddin was in the corner. Oh, excellent. And Naz- Nasruddin would love Chinese New Year. Well, that Na- sounds like his jam. Nasruddin was really just, he was pissed off. He didn't like Chinese New Year. Oh. He was having a real, like, a oh, real sorry, bad Naz- time. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it was, it was this, it was this year. It was, it was the year of the dragon. And, um, Naz, Naz, they went up to Nazarud and were like, Hey, like what's, what's going on? I, th- I, I thought you would love Chinese New Year. What, what, what's happening here? And he was just like, no, nah, no, nah, hate it. Hate it. Can't stand all these Chinese New Year celebrations. They're, they're terrible. And it's and they're like, like, why? Like, like, why don't you like them? And he's like, oh, they just tend to drag on. Hey, hey, that yeah. works better than the atrophy one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, very good. Um, well, um, Gongsi Fachai to every one of our listeners. Um, please go and read up on your Chinese horoscope and find out what little ornaments you need to fill your house with to be lucky. But also, 
it's okay. Half the time you have a you have a bad year, and th- that is one thing that they, they are very good at is they, they're good at telling you when it's going to be a bad year. Um, so you know, so don't be too disheartened, but uh, but look after yourselves. You can increase your fortune by writing to a Christian Buddhist bar at gmail.com and sending us ideas, feedback, comments, all of that. We love that. You absolutely we, can. Kevin McLeod has the best luck of all uh, and, and writes some amazing music. He certainly does. We're recording on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country and we will see you next week.